This is the Martial Arts Lifestyle Podcast, where we talk with martial arts practitioners about their histories and the influence their practice of martial arts has on their lives. You are listening to the free version of this podcast, which is abbreviated. Help support this program by considering to subscribe to us on Patreon and access the full-length version of the Martial Arts Lifestyle Podcasts, all for the price of one coffee shop coffee per month. Go to www.patreon.com slash malmag. That's www.patreon.com slash M-A-L-M-A-G. In this episode, I sit down with Atticus Todd, who was one of my first instructors and friends at the Inosanto Academy. He's also a very recognizable character actor and just an enjoyable person to talk to. Sit back and enjoy this episode with Atticus Todd. Welcome to the Martial Arts Lifestyle Podcast. And this is yet, I know I seem to say this every time so far that this is one I've been looking forward to, but seriously, as if I hasn't been serious the last times, but no, this is actually one of my oldest friends here in the martial art world. Uh, especially at the Inosanto Academy, and uh, this is going to be a real treat. So I'd like to introduce you guys to Atticus Todd, who you probably have seen uh, on television, and we'll talk about that a little bit. Atticus, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you for inviting me. <laughs> of course. So um, I guess maybe we can start with a little bit of um, of our history, I should say. Anyway, uh, I came to the Inosanto Academy in 2004, and, um, you know, I've had, I think I had like 20 years of martial arts experience at that time and about 10 years in JKD and Kali and Sealot a little bit. And, um, you know, like most people who I would consider wise would do when they come to a, a place like this, you just start jumping into every class and uh, learning from everybody. And you were a teacher who was teaching a, and still do, as we're actually talking now, right after the particular class, but the Thursday class at at uh, noon. Yes. And I remember jumping into that sucker, and I don't know, somehow we got into conversations and realized that obviously we're pretty close in age and that uh, we're also from similar parts of the country and certainly had a lot of similar uh, tastes and became pretty good friends quite quick. Uh, I hope that's your recollection as well as mine. <laughs> What, what was your name again? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, of course, that's my recollection. It was, uh, I was delighted. There was a group of you guys, particularly you and um, Mr. Harley, right. who were very, very regular. And uh, the, one of the joys that I experienced was when I would tell you guys stuff and you'd actually listen. You'd catch me off guard sometimes. Like, wait, you, you listen to that? <laughs> it's a weird uh, skill. Yeah, it's really odd. I think one of the things I was uh, most proud of you was I had given you the advice very early. said, find yourself a training partner and put twice as many hours out of the academy as you put in the academy. And you and Mr. Harley did exactly that. And look at you now. Renowned instructors under your own right. You make me feel like a proud papa. Nice. <laughs> yeah, certainly. And uh, Chris is somebody who'll be bugging to get on the show as well at some point. But, um, yeah, those were, uh, I think, between the training and then, of course, the, the, the many times of get-together and sitting around and eating and trying to solve um, the world's problems were, were classic days. <laughs> well, we, we solved them. Just nobody would listen. That's true. Yeah. yeah. No ability to implement. 
beyond uh, just trying to live by example, I guess. Yeah, fast out of the gate, not much for stamina. Indeed. Well, I tell you what, uh, before we get into your martial art background, tell us a little bit about where we may have seen you. <laughs> um, I've, I've, uh, I've about 40 credits on the IMDb, so I've been at it for a really long time. Uh, most recently and, and probably most successfully, I had a, a recurring role on a television show called Yellowstone with Kevin Costner. So I was the, I was the chief of the tribal police. So you probably, if you watched Yellowstone, you definitely saw me there. Indeed. And now, now is that the one that you get recognized for the most? I'll recognize the most. Yeah, I would say because it's the most recent. Most recent, and most, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, probably the, the funniest one. Yeah, I'm alluding to the other one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably the funniest one I didn't have any lines on. It was a show called uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And Sorry, so I'll tell I can't believe you're getting me to tell these stories. So, all right, so <laughs> I go in for the audition for this thing. Well, first my agent gets a hold of me and he goes, okay, we have uh, a possibility for guest star on a show called It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And I go, that's awesome, great. He goes, yeah, yeah. Uh, there aren't any lines. And I go, oh, come on, man. We don't do extra work anymore. And he goes, ap, 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 ap. what did I say it was? So I thought for half a second, and I said, you said guest star. Correct, <laughs> guest star. Would I do that to you? Would I do it? No, no, you wouldn't. So I go into the audition, and I recognized everybody there. Everybody there was a working actor, all trying to get this no words role. Really, it's like that was very it was like wow, wow. I'm like the least known guy in this room. So it's my turn to go up. We go. In, I would go in with the casting, and there is a a young lady there running the camera, and D and me, and that's it. Mm. Like I'm looking at her like wow, you're the star of the show. <laughs> right? yeah. So. She comes up to me, she goes, okay, serious as a heart attack, don't let me break you. <laughs> and to myself, I'm like, oh, I got this. Mm. If I want to be, I am the most stoic, unflappable. So she comes after me and she, I'll tell you, she was hilarious, hilarious. But she said, don't let me break you. I just stood there like a, you know, like a slack-jawed ape with half my brain coming out of my ear. And after about... 45 seconds, she stops and she gets a grin. She goes, we found him. This is our guy right here. Really, really cool. So we get, uh, we do, we, we get on set for the show. The set is an actual bus in L.A. You want me to tell this whole story? Yeah, okay. no, this is All a right. good one. All right. <laughs> so the, the set is an, the actual, an actual bus in L.A. And we're supposed to be in Philadelphia. So it's summer. Yeah. So we're all it's in warm. parkas. Yeah, right. It's so warm. We're all in parkas. They've got, they got to have 90 guys on that, extras on that bus. All in parkas. Just sweating the place up. <laughs> right? Uh, a cool caveat was, uh-oh, my brain. Who, who's the little kid in Wonder Years? Uh, the little kid. So you, Fred Savage? Fred yeah. Savage was the director of this episode. Oh, wow. How cool, right? Yeah, yeah. So I can tell the you guys. The from I, Austin Powers 3, mole. I got to work with Fred <laughs> Savage. How cool, right? So 
Um, we were on the thing, and, and, and Dee's all slammed up against me, and I'm supposed to be just breathing into her mouth, like, a, you know, like some kind of a uh, shock therapy patient. Knuckle dragger. Yeah. yeah, and so she sees that the other two guys who had faked their death outside the window of the bus. Yeah. So she's got to fight her way up to the bus driver and get her to stop the bus. She's, uh, she's heading up there, and Fred is, I can call him Fred because I've worked yeah. with him. Oh, right. Sure. So she, she's heading up to the bus, and he goes, you got to make space so that Dee can get through there and get to the bus driver. She goes, no, no, I want you to crowd more close together. And they did. By the time she was up to the bus driver, her feet yeah. were off the ground. <laughs> right? That, that, that girl is no diva. She will put in the work. She is not afraid to work, and she's hilarious. And she's salt of the earth, right? Just the sweetest woman. So, a, uh, this epilogue? An epilogue to this yeah. whole thing. 10 years later, they call me up and said, so, are you still around in LA? I go, thanks. Yeah, have you checked out this show called The Ellis? <laughs> I didn't say that. Yeah. <laughs> but I just said, yes, yes, I'm still around in LA. So they go, that is awesome. So we have, Dee hasn't been on a bus since she was on the bus with you. Mm. And somebody thought it would be hilarious if she's back on the bus and, and you're there again. Man, that's great. So an actual 10 years later in the show, nice. Dee goes back on a bus and there I am again. <laughs> so I'm standing there again, mouth breathing. <laughs> just like a shock therapy patient. And she's just, the look on her face was so bright, like, no. The, no, this I'm, can't be. I'm going back home. <laughs> <laughs> so we had a, we all had a really great time. And when I get recognized for that, so it's a. That's why I find you it funny. You on the show twice, <laughs> totally ten years you. apart. <laughs> and they totally recognize you again for this <laughs> non-verbal role. Right. I, I didn't speak. Right. Yeah, that's great. It was. It was that's super great. fun. Now, now to understand that how how stoic Atticus is, I actually feel very funny because I have broken him in class a few times in seminars. I don't recollect that. <laughs> I don't want to get into what <laughs> to get into it. So, <laughs> right. Uh, you got to keep this show at least rated the, rated yeah, exactly. R at the worst. I but uh, but but th those of you in the know know and are probably sitting there laughing right now. <laughs> Uh, so my favorite, uh, just before we move on, my favorite Atticus role was uh, something about Earl, the guy who likes candy. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was super fun. They they uh, they just let me run with it, right? So I even ad libbed some of the lines on that, and we had such a great time. So the uh, the scene was that uh, the boys, a friend of theirs, is locked up in an insane asylum and they're gonna go rescue him. I happen to be a patient there, and at the time I was tiny, right? 450 pounds. <laughs> so even compared to the, uh, I'm forgetting the, the, the two character actors' names. Oh, yeah, yeah, There's Jason Lee, and then um, I, I know the other guy. Oh, I, I too, totally know that, I could, I could name 10 shows he's been yeah, in, but, yeah, yeah. but anyway, he's a big I, I made him look small yeah. at the time, right? It was pretty funny. So we had this scene where he had us right and I'm, and I'm, and I'm yelling at him, do you like candy? Right? Just, it, it was apparently hilarious. Oh, it was hilarious. after it was all done, Jason, because he goes, yeah. dude, that was goddamn funny. <laughs> and I'm like, sir, from you, yeah. I consider it the highest praise, because yeah. that guy is hysterical. Yeah, he's hilarious. So, 
so yes, that was also a very fond memory for me. So that's uh, Atticus's little side gig, or main gig, or something. Anyway, <laughs> uh, he's also a highly trained martial artist. And here's the interesting thing uh, about um, you and another very dear friend, Scott Yusa, known as Scott Connors on screen. You two are both all over in a lot of things, playing different roles. You're also two of what I would call the most functional, real badasses in martial arts, and neither one of you really do those types of roles. You do, like, acting roles, not, like, go out there and kick someone's ass roles. And it's kind of funny because you're, you are exactly, you know, in the real world, you guys are total ass kickers. For they, my, my, <laughs> my, my concern, my, an early coaching that I got was if a director sees you as an extra, he will always only ever see you as, as an extra. If a director sees you as a stunt guy, he will always only see you as a stunt guy. So, yeah. yes, you're capable of this, and yes, it might be nice to get the money sometimes, but if you are serious about your acting career, act. Yeah, yeah. And I've always followed that. So I have fought and done stunts, but my own stunts. I've only done my own. Right. And, you know, when I was 450 pounds, it was pretty tough to double me. That's so, true. Yeah. So there was many times like, could you do this? And yes, yes, I can do that. Nice. Yeah, and I mean, I mean that's, you know, for, for those of you who do not have any experience in the entertainment industry, that pigeonholing is actually like everywhere, every part of it, not only actors, but even in post-production, you know, those of us like me who, who edited television for 20 years, you get pigeonholed really, oh, you do kids TV, oh, you do documentary TV, oh, you do this, and it drives editors nuts, just like I think it would an actor. It's like, no, I, I, I act, that's the thing. I, I can play different things, you know, we edit. I can edit different things, that's what the job is, but for some reason the person calling those shots doesn't seem to yeah. understand that. It's totally true. And I've, right. had, I've had such a good time, because, well, my name is Earl, it was completely comedic. Such yeah. a great time. On Yellowstone, it could, serious as oh, a yeah. heart attack. Absolutely. Such a serious drama, right? I've, I've, uh, and then, you know, I've done action, I've gotten to fight Jason Statham, right? Good times. Mm -hmm. So I rarely get nailed down to, I've played Chinese, Russian, Hawaiian. I've, I've got a flexibility that I have enjoyed that if I allowed myself to get caught just doing this one thing, just pigeonhole, just mm -hmm. just stunts or something, right? It, well, I'm, the nice thing about Yellowstone is you get to play actually what you are ethnically, Native American. <laughs> right, that's yeah. also pretty rare. I'm, I'm rarely actually seen as Native when, you know, that's what, it, that's what I'm actually packing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we can segue into that, uh, into our martial arts, because, you know, the, the types of martial arts anyway that, that you're doing and teaching are... Uh, about adaptability and moving into different hats, so to speak, uh, Jeet Kune Do, Kali, um, and being able to, to move in and out of different ranges and such. But uh, I think we'll maybe ask you a little bit about your history first. Like, how did, how did you get involved in martial art? My first martial art was freestyle wrestling, right, as a kid. So I got into freestyle wrestling, then I got into Greco, then I got into folk style, then later I did some Sambo, and uh, by high school I, I got involved in some Golden Gloves boxing, and then uh, I got into Taekwondo. So I just kept, 
Like, oh, here's something. Oh, here's something. Oh, here's something. Right? Anytime something would show up, I'd be fascinated by it. I'd have to give it a swing. I, um, I spent probably almost 10 years going from, I was a little bit, not tainted, spoiled. I was a little spoiled when my first two arts were wrestling and boxing. There are no katas in wrestling and boxing. There's right. no forms. It's right? drilling and then hands-on. Yep. There's a guy that demonstrates a technique, then you get to drill it, and then we're going to spar it. And that's the first arts I learned how to train. And so I then spent 10 years trying to find another art that worked that way instead of katas and forms. It just, my brain already operated a certain way. So... It wasn't until I found Rick Faye that I finally settled in and said, oh, this is what I've been looking for. For those who know in our, in our family, Rick Faye's a um, senior lifetime full instructor under Guru and one of very few. And yeah. I happened to find him in Minneapolis. Yeah, yeah. I was so lucky. Yeah, so for those of you who are not in the, the JKD circles uh, or Kali circles, uh, Rick Faye is the uh, founder, owner of the Minnesota Kali Group in Minneapolis, and uh, practitioner of FMA, JKD, uh, Muay Thai, and um, he was one of Larry Hartzell's guys as well. And so, uh, phenomenal, amazing person who, it's funny, I didn't actually meet him until, uh, I think it was 2019, when I went with Guru um, there to assist him for a seminar. But because I know so many MKG people, I felt like I'd already knew Rick. He, he was like somebody I already knew when I, oh yeah, I already know you, even though we haven't met, you know. Yeah, Rick and I had formed such a bond. I, it was funny, I went back to Minneapolis a few years ago, and I can't tell you how many people come running up to me, and the way that they were talking to me, I thought that we knew each other, and I didn't. They just heard so many stories, they felt <laughs> like they knew me. Like, well, that's a little unfair. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. So, uh, so, so, okay. So you were sort of a style hopper, if we want to use this word, for a while. Long time. And then you found, or let's say a school hopper, because a style hopper, we might kind of still be that. I don't think I've, it's gone, used, I've gotten past yeah, that. Yeah, it's right? used as an insult by some people, but we'll kind of do the, that sounds like a compliment thing. And um, so what kept you with Rick Fay? What was, what was the thing that made you go, okay. I don't need to look farther than this school. Rick is such a phenomenal teacher, and the methodology they taught was something I was, is what I was looking for, right? A guy who demonstrates the techniques, and then we get to drill it with one another, and then we get to try to work it at a live pace, right? Just the way I had learned my very first arts, all the different kinds of wrestling and the boxing, and so, when I found that, it's like, oh, finally, this is how I learn. And then I got introduced to this concept that Guru had taught him, learning by progression. And that was just so enticing. It was, I mean, to this day, I hope that I have picked up that lesson and also teach by progression. It's, it's a, it is so brilliant and it is so useful. And then the lessons that, that were taught, so, you know, so much more about, you know, w- our intention is to have you be better people. Our intention is for you to be instructors. Our intention is for you to be leaders in your community. Oh, and guess what? You're going to have some martial art in the middle of that. Right? Yeah. That, that, that was very enticing to me. It was very, very tribal. 
very, um, you know, be, be part of the solution kind of thing. It really was attractive to me. It's interesting uh, that especially, you know, I've heard Rick say that about, you know, building better people. Uh, and then the rest comes out of that. And just recently, I would say maybe in the last 90 days, I think it's been, that I kind of discovered a little bit of where that came from. I mean, we kind of knew Guru Dan, probably, right? But where Guru Dan got it from was from his, because uh, he's got a master's in education, he got it from that. There was a particular, I don't know if it was a teacher or, yeah, I think it was a teacher or a colleague or somebody who was working on this. So I think it was somebody, you know, that was an influence to him in education that had was saying, develop the pupil, develop the student first, develop them as a person first, and then the rest comes along. So that's kind of interesting. It's really kind of cool. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like a lesson that you know, Rick really <laughs> grabbed onto. Completely. Rick, Rick is, is hands down one of the most phenomenally gifted instructors I've run into. He has an ability to connect. He used to have an instructor's class and, it, and we didn't learn martial art in it. He taught us how to teach. Mm. Fantastic. And this concludes the abbreviated version of the Martial Arts Lifestyle Podcast. Please remember to hit the like button and subscribe here to the YouTube channel. Please consider supporting the program by going to patreon.com slash malmag and subscribing for access to the full-length podcasts. Again, that is www.patreon slash M-A-L-M-A-G. Thank you for listening to this episode with Atticus Todd. Coming up next week, another Midwestern martial artist, Ohio's Michael Perez. Check out the Malmag store at www.martialartslifestylemagazine.com and click on the store tab. There you'll find a full selection of Timmy B's brand sticks for FMA, some Timmy B's brand shirts, and some very sharp looking Dos Manos shirts. This show is produced by Martial Arts Lifestyle Magazine. Visit us at martialartslifestylemagazine.com. Music by Jack Al Relic. Martial Arts Lifestyle Magazine and the Martial Arts Lifestyle Podcast are trademarked and copyrighted by TNT LLC. Ah!